Right. So the opportunity has presented itself to speak with the rugby development coach. He uh, knocked up, rocked up on the, the doorstep a couple of days ago. What, what are you up to? How did you get here? How did I get here? I don't know. <laughs> Stuff um, in the womb. <laughs> Stuff in the womb. Mm. Or before that. No, that gets a bit disgusting. Yeah, it? I don't know. No, that... Lots of lifetimes. Lots of lifetimes got me here. <laughs> now, what, uh, what brings you to the north coast of New South Wales? <clears throat> well, I'm uh, just starting my trip around Australia, uh, which sort of came about six months ago when I was just over the uh, same old routine and I wanted to challenge myself and put myself out there. And I was like, right, I'm going to travel Australia and I'm going to have a bit more freedom. I'm going to set up my business. So I'll be making money on the road and I can still have impact on the road. I can still help out lots of people on the road. And so I've done that and it's slowly growing. And now here I am. I said, I got my troopy. I got, I bought a troop carrier. I set that up in about two weeks. It was a real stressful time. But it's uh, thanks to uh, my brother and my mate Adam who, you know, decked it out real quick. Is that uh, the first house you've owned? <laughs> it's definitely the first house I've owned. House on wheels. It's great. So the first question that came in, because I did put it up, the opportunity for people to ask questions. The first question that came up was, how is your sleep quality in the, in the trooper? Oh. That, was, that was from your friend, Carl. Oh, yeah, right. He knows, he knows you're a biohacker and we'll get a little bit more into <laughs> how we're measuring that. But what are, we, what are we seeing so far on the sleep quality in there? So far off my uh, aura ring, here's my aura ring. Um, it's been, uh, I've only slept in it two nights so far, so we'll see. Um, it's been pretty good so far. Deep sleep has been about an hour and 10 and so is REM sleep. Uh, last night it was an hour and 20 and REM sleep was an hour and 30, which is pretty good for me. So it's on the increase and my readiness this morning was 90, which is also pretty high for me. Um, while I was working at the gym, it was getting down to the low 70s there. And <laughs> I was just running on fumes for a little bit there. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with this aura ring, how does, how does this thing know how ready you are and how well you're sleeping? And is there any validity to, to the technology? What are you... From, from what I know and from what I've used, oh, well, from what I've read, it's, it's probably one of the best uh, self-quantification uh, things you can get on the market uh, as it takes your heart rate variability, uh, takes your heart rate, takes your uh, temperature. Um, obviously, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but you know, at least I can go back every night and I, can, I have something to compare off. Right, so it's it's given me a baseline, and I know if it's improving or if it's actually getting worse. Um, you know, it might jump around a little bit, it might have glitches, but it once you've got that baseline, then I can go from there, and I can, you know, I can build a base. Okay, this is working for me. This is not working for me. Or maybe I'm I'm training too hard in the gym. My readiness is coming down. My HRV is coming down. HRV being your heart rate variability, um, which is a good measure of how stressed out the body is um so something i like to use to just see where i'm at yeah so basic understanding of hrv from my understanding is that it's the heart is not meant to beat like a drum yes on, it's, it's, on the rhythm yeah no it's, it's meant uh, to have a natural um there's meant to be a gap between like different gaps between the beats and yep. the more variability there is it can be an index for aging 
it can be an index for stress. Yeah. Um, so developed that, in the space age, as far as I'm aware, the Russians were pretty big on it. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's quite interesting, and it's something that you can learn to control. Yeah. Um, which I find is very cool. Yeah. Have you played um, around with the heart, heart math? I've got I've, Yeah, I've got a heart math. I've got a heart math in the yeah. car. Maybe we should try it after. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I've, I've been into it for quite a while. I got into it through the Bruce Lipton stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. 2011 or 12 or something. And um, yeah, it's very, very interesting technology. Basically, that number is telling you that physiologically you're younger or and you can almost manipulate yourself through how you're breathing to be in a, in a, you know, in a, a physiologically state. younger state mm. and a, in a more adaptable state. Yep. So if you pile stress on, which training is stress, how much reserve do you have to actually deal with that? Yeah. That device is telling you something about that. And it's a 24 hour device, right? But did, did you take it off the this, training? You took it off the yeah, training? Yeah, I, I took it off the training. This, this only records your HLB while you're asleep. Right. Okay. So this, this will get my steps up during much. the day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. So this, this only does at night. So if I want to do my HLB, during the day, I know there's a few uh, wristbands that that do it. I'm not sure how yeah. accurate they so, are. Whoop, or yeah, whoop, 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 whoop yeah. Um, is one of them. Um, I I don't really worry, but if I was going to do it, I I just get my heart math out, stick it on my ear, and let's see where I'm at. It's um, all coming, hey. Like it's, I'm sort of I haven't jumped on the, or I I definitely looked at it, but I feel as though it's it's very soon that it's going to be pretty easy to have all that data, whether it's in you know another generation of the iWatch or yeah. some, somehow soon it's all going to come together where all that data is. I'm sure it'll be some something. kind of has, yeah. but whether, whether this is the exact one or like, I'm interested to see a few iterations. I've gone down more the line of the um, Joel Jameson stuff with his um, Morpheus. I've tried heaps of different systems, but the, the Morpheus one is quite good for like quantifying some in training, getting some in training yep. data. And yep. then, and then you also get that morning readiness yep. score. So it's probably, I would say it'd be less reliable and valuable mm. than this in terms of readiness because it's not monitoring like your whole sleep period. It's just giving yeah. you like a one and a half minute window, you know, when you wake up. But yeah, he's gone again with some some new technology that doesn't require you to have the phone as close and yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff, which will be better. And that's actually due. So Joel, if you're watching, you should um, send that out pretty time anytime yeah, soon. Sure. It's meant to come out in May. So I'm not sure if they're going to be delayed on that. That would be very interesting. What's the crack? But yeah, it's... um. It's a very, it's an interesting space. There is also the other side of the equation of like technology just interfering with you, just perceiving what's going on, and you just making decisions based on how you feel, your own body. Like, how do you go with that? Like pros and cons. Like, are you good at listening to yourself, or are you like maniacal and you just need some other piece of data to say like, hey, slow down, I, crazy man. I yeah. <laughs> well, in the past, I have burnt myself out that many times. It's not yeah, funny. Yeah. And I, I know when I'm burning out, but my I, 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 I get the feeling I'm like, oh, I'm burning out. I should hold back. But then I get in the gym. I'm like, no, no, no let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Put more weight on. Let's go. Maybe. I nearly did it today. I nearly went. I nearly went to that last set. I was like, oh, should I just do 120 in that last set of yeah. <laughs> front squats? And I was yeah. like, ah. Uh, I haven't done it for a little bit. Maybe I should just keep the 115. <laughs> I was having that same internal dialogue, like whack the belt on or do a few deep breaths, pump up a little bit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll whack an extra 10 kilos on this baby. But I have been working on being a bit calmer. And I think it's the, like we we're talking also about the neurotyping, depraverment yep. and that yep. sort of thing. Yep. If you are a bit more of a dopamine type and you, you're really numbers driven and you, you really like being alpha, being high achiever, then having something it which is sound like me at all external to you <laughs> which tells you hey like 
dickhead. This is, you know, put the brakes on, pump the brakes here. This is not, this is not where we need to be going like that. I think for us, for this, the, mm. this type, it can be really reliable and definitely because it's not a human telling you to slow down. You're not, you don't have to take anyone else's advice. Yeah. No, objective to, to say, Hey, look, that definitely helped me back at home while I was training with my training partner, who was just an absolute weapon of a bloke. And he just always like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. And he has that mentality of like, hold on, I scored 68 last night on this. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> um, but for me, like, when since I've had this, I, I just knew in the back of my mind, okay, maybe I can train. I didn't score as well, but I just need to back off the volume. I just need to do a couple of sets and that's it. Yeah. And I found when I did that, results are better. So it's a good next question. Like, no pain, no gain. Is, is, that, is that the path forward or... Where are you at with depends, depends what It depends what your, the outcome you're trying to get is. So as a rugby development coach, if, you, if you know, you're working with some, some guys who want to be better athletes, like well, what are the key variables here? Like what are you, how do you know when to stop and when to push? And- it, it is still, uh, for me, that still depends on the outcome. So if it's hypertrophy, yep. then yeah, they, they're going to be in some pain. They're going to they're gonna be hurting. Yep. Um, but the hurt is... The, the, what you're taxing is slightly different, right? Yeah, what I'm taxing is the muscular system compared to the nervous system. Yeah. Um, so how do you make that distinction? Well, it just depends what phase we're in. So if we're in a hypertrophy phase, if we're after size gains, um, then we're going to be we're going to be going into pain thresholds. You know, the the sets are going to be lasting longer, the volume's going to be higher. Um, and then if we're going into a strength phase or we're coming into strength phases, then yeah, you're not. I'm not going, I'm not giving them some, they're not going to be going to failure. <clears throat> they're going to be starting to get uh, less volume and intensity is going to be picking up. Um, and then we might go into a power phase, which comes into more weightlifting. And, and again, I'm not looking for failure. Um, I'm looking for execution of the skill. Yeah. Um, which is what I love about weightlifting. So, um, so yeah, when it's, when it's a more of a strength phase, Strength phase, I'm not, I'm not trying to burn them out. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to kill them. Hypertrophy phase or conditioning phase, yeah, I'm probably going to try and kill them. Um, they're going to they're gonna hurt and we're going to try and make some big adaptions that way compared to our strength phases. Yeah. But do you see, even with yourself, now tracking with this data and that sort of thing, like if it is that higher rep, slower tempo, more muscular burn, muscular fatigue, mm. like do you recover from that more easily by getting to failure or close to failure versus if you max out in that one to three rep range with a little bit more bar speed? And I haven't found, so when I've done a hypertrophy phase, um, yeah, I, I find that my, um, it doesn't impact my deep sleep as much. Yeah. Um, whereas when I'm training the nervous system, I found it impacts my deep sleep. So I actually find it harder to come back from that. And that's why I need, you know, more time in between yeah. the days or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so for me, it, it, it doesn't matter as much. Um, I find the body from my experience um, has recovered faster doing, doing, you know, higher, higher rep training and yeah. um, that, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, now you're on the road. On the road. How long? How, how's training going to be on the road? What's what's that going to look like for you, for you personally? 
Um, it's going to be a mixture. I'm probably going to try and put on some more muscle mass, uh, lean muscle mass, which um, I'm a bit smaller at the moment and I would like to put a couple of kilos back on. So it's going to be a few hypertrophy sessions. Um, I'll probably keep them short uh, at the moment. I'm just going to write myself a program and I'm probably going to do two sessions a day of half an hour workouts. Yep. And they're going to be higher, higher rep workouts. Yep. My morning one will be a bit lower reps and then my other one will be a bit higher. Yep. Um, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. But I've set up my car. So I've got chin-up bars on the car. <laughs> you won't see, you probably won't see this anywhere else. Uh, but I've got chin-up bars on the touch of the car so I get to screw them in. And I can put my rings off that so I can do ring dips. I can do so many different things off that. Um, I can do all my gar hammer raises, which if I do call, that's what I like to do. Um, I've got a barbell and I've got all these weight plates. I've got a, about a hundred kilos of weight plates, <laughs> which you probably won't see from many other travelers carrying that much weight around. Um, but I've got the car to do it. And I, it was one of the specifications that I needed in my setup. Uh, Adam, I, I told my mate, Adam, I, was like, all right, I need to fit a barbell down here. How are we going to do it? He's like, all right, made a little special hole for it. So it's pretty awesome. Um, it's pretty cool to customize your truck. Yeah, I've got all my fat grips in there. Um, I brought my weight belt as well for my chin-ups because I love my chin-ups. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of things I can do with a weight belt too. So, um, yeah, it's just that, that a little bit of extra preparation. And, and yeah, it gives, me, it gives me a way too to, to help more people to show you, okay, you can do a lot with a little little amount of equipment. You know, you can still put on a lot of muscle with just the basics. Yep. Um, and I'd, I'd love to be able to show people that. Yep. And still make it specific for rugby training or whatever training you want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you you got a barbell, you got you got a place for chin ups. Like. Yeah. You, you can get a lot done. You can you can stop on a on a hill or wherever you want to be. Like yeah. to manipulate your environment that way. Like because you because you're mobile. So some ways you're probably even more flexible you know we, there's different kind of flexibility at least to to being in a gym it's gonna be weird trying to squat on sand we'll <laughs> see how that goes <laughs> but you have that option you yeah can, you can always go you know up to the beach and be on a slab yeah or whatever. that's right yeah so yeah we've got a few things there where do you want to uh if you have been working towards that goal of the body weight chin up this is a this is kind of your uh the 80 big, kilo chin up. Big yeah, dragon to slay. That's the big one. What's the, like most people would kind of think that's impossible. Like I think that most people going to the gym would think there's no, there's no way a, a human could, <laughs> could, could even do that. Um, like what's, how hard do you think it is? Like how, you know, how reachable is it? Well, when I told my mate Carl this, he uh, pretty much said, oh yeah, I've done it. Of his own body weight, and I was like, "But you're 68 kilos; it doesn't count." <laughs> um, 80 kilos. I haven't seen it be done. I haven't looked up any YouTube videos of it because I don't want to. I don't want to put that in my mind. I just want to visualize me doing it. I've got a visual of me me doing it. I could I could burst your bubble here if you want. <laughs> Not with myself, but you've probably seen it done. Yeah, it, it, no, there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty plenty of people have done it. You like, know, Mar Marcus Bondo. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him there. Yeah. So he, he, he's done a hundred kilos. Oh yeah. See, that's awesome. 80. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So, so anyone who thinks it's impossible, like for me, for some people that's like, oh, frick, there's no point me doing it now. Cause I'm not yeah. going to do a hundred, but the difference between you watching Marcus Bondi do a hundred on YouTube and mm. you doing 80 at 80, mm. 
that's a whole different thing. Right? Oh, it's a different experience game, versus like... watching someone on YouTube. It's like, yeah, cool. That's well, well done to him. And but experiencing it and going on the journey to get there, like that's the fun, right? Like, that is the fun. That yeah. is the fun. And, and you know, the, the the fun days are the days that are awful. And you, <laughs> yeah. there was one day I I um I've been do, had been doing sixty easy, and then there was one day and I was my readiness was awful in my ring, and I was just like, oh, I've got to do sixty. So I meant to do sixty today. I'm just going to give it a crack. And I couldn't, I couldn't get near the bar. <laughs> uh, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly pull myself. And I was just like, oh, what, how backwards have I gone here? But, you know, you come back from that. The next week I came, uh, when I got around to it again, you know, I, I smashed it. Um, I had a better sleep. And that feeling, all right, I'm going forward again. It's all good. You know, that one step back or two steps back and one step forward, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, that journey of getting there, when I eventually do get there, it's going to be very, very rewarding for me. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, show people that journey. <laughs> what do you think? Because that's the, that's the interesting question, right? Like the day that you actually do that, is that the, is that the day that it becomes not that exciting? Like, is it really that, is it that day or is it like, is it all the struggle that goes into it? Like, is that where the significance comes? Like, oh, it's definitely a struggle. <laughs> it's it's the struggle that, like, yeah, that day is good because, like, you know, you put all the work in to get there, and then you've got it. And then for how, me, for me, it's always like, though? how long does that last for you? I don't know, thirty <laughs> seconds till I write down the next goal. Or like, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to do nine. Like, you know. Yeah. I don't think it is, yeah. It does stay. It does stay to an extent, but it's also, yeah, there is that thing of like, uh, for me, the probably the biggest one of those, like the biggest dragon slay thing was like 100 kilo snatch. Mm. And I like, it just seemed like <laughs> this mythical thing that I would never get to because I, I couldn't really snatch and the mobility stuff was a huge challenge. And my mm. squat's pretty weak and I'm not really that fast anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is, this is like really pushing shit uphill for me. I guess the brick wall here. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I... I told myself I wasn't going to go to that Kolokov Poliquin event unless I'd snatched a hundred kilos. And so I went at it really hard. And I, first I went at it like Bulgarian style, oh. failing every day, Jeez. just smashing myself with snatches and then seeing, seeing how you can die faster. Yeah. yeah <laughs> trying to, trying to decrease my life expectancy by a couple of years <laughs> on my way to a hundred kilo snatch. And then, and then I scaled it back and I tried to hit five, 80, 80 for five, in a row, like five mm. on the minute. And then I tried to hit 82 for five on the minute. And then by the time I got to 87 on the minute for five, that same day I hit a hundred. So getting more consistent and just not missing reps and yeah. just like trying to keep things under that pain threshold, under that fear threshold was what kind of pushed me ahead. But then as soon as I hit it, it fell to shit. And I haven't, I haven't snatched a hundred again since then, you know, like it's, <laughs> but my knees were sore. Like I, I think I didn't, you know, so you're was, broken, but you got it. Yeah, yeah, and that's when it's like also not very like. It's like yeah, get 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 me this out of the way so I can get on with my life and it's, <laughs> stop ruining What's, my life. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, like sometimes goals, even hitting your goal is worse than not hitting it because it's like pulling all the other things and energies in different directions. Mm. You've uh, you've obviously had a bunch of different goals. Tell us about like that time when you were like, it was all about rugby and you, you know, you wanted to get to the next level as a, as a rugby player. Like what was your training like then? What was your mindset like? Mm, um, it was probably when I was about 20. Um, my training was very much lots of heavy squats, be as big as possible. 
I was a lot bigger than I am now, a lot, lot bigger. <laughs> I could 93 kilos and probably a lot more inflamed than I am now. Um, my mindset was do what it takes. Like I, I would train six, seven times a, a, uh, a week, maybe more. And it, even during rugby season, um, it wasn't the smartest of training back then. It was just, it was just, you know, your heavy squats, heavy bench, uh, single arm rows and repeat really. Um, so it worked in terms of getting bigger and getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was really strong with those lifts. Um, but I don't think it helped me play rugby any better than I did when I was, I actually played rugby better lighter. Um, I obviously got smarter. I became smarter, a smarter rugby player. Um, I started doing more brain development games. Um, what sort of brain development stuff? Do rugby players need brains? Of course they need brains. Everyone needs a brain. <laughs> They've got to be able to see, catch, and see what's in front of them and That's very make complex. decisions. It's a, ba- it's a bad stereotype, isn't it, that <laughs> athletes don't have – like the athletes are unintelligent. Like I think the ancient Greek understanding of it where athletes – like athletics was at the center of being a good philosopher. Not all rugby players are philosophers, but there's definitely a lot of guys who are very sharp mentally and, you know, quick witted and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a crossover between those two things of making quick decisions and having, you know, super skill physically and also have like to having that mentally as well. It's just where they put their focus. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, their focus is on rugby. So their brain is very tuned into that. But if you train other parts of the brain too, then there's no reason why that part of your rugby game can't get better. So if you, for me, if you work on your creative skills, then there's no reason why that's not going to link over to your creative skills on the field. Or you might just see opportunities in front of you that you might not necessarily see if you don't, if you don't work on your awareness. Yep. Um, that was probably one thing I started to really work on is on my own self-awareness. Um, how I feel, how I think, what are my thoughts like, uh, what's happening in front of me, you know, what's going on, what's going on just right there in front of me. Um, how did that impact your rugby? Do you think like, I definitely, I definitely started to see more opportunities in front of me. I, um, uh, relaxed a bit more. I, I, I was always a very frantic player when I was younger. I, I wanted to be everywhere. Um, being a seven, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be tackling that guy, this guy and trying to steal that ball. And um, I didn't, I didn't use what I was good at enough. So one of my best traits was actually running the ball. Even though I was a smaller seven, it was more less, less about a crash ball. <laughs> When I was younger, I, I wanted to be that big crash ball number seven. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to massive and just become like one of those big crash ball sevens. And I'm like, hold on. I'm never going to be that big guy. I'm not, I'm not a big guy. <laughs> you know, as, at 93 kilos, I still wasn't a big guy. Um, too short to be a big guy. <laughs> um, Definitely some different bone structures getting around. In, yeah, yeah. In the world and in the world of rugby, like. Oh yeah, uh, I'm definitely the, not Polynesian. Some of the Polynesian guys were 93 kilos when they were 14. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Exactly. I even looked at a weight. Exactly. Then... So I changing my game from knowing, okay, that's not that's not me. What am I good at? Um, that's that's when I play my best rugby. Yeah. Um, that that's when I started to. 
um, you know, I got more pilfers because that's what I was good at. I was good at being just an absolute pest, absolute little dickhead I am on the field. I like to be a pest. Um, I got, I made better tackles because I could put myself in better positions, uh, positions on the field. And, you know, I, I, I hung out, I let myself hang out there a bit more. So I played for Parramatta, right? So we had a lot of lazy players sometimes. So I always felt like I had to do a bit more. I had to be there. I had to be here just to, just in case. And cover everybody else. Just, just in case, just in case. And like, you know, it happened quite a lot where guys would just let people through and I'd be making a cover tackle. Um, and then, you know, that, that used up a lot of energy, wasted energy, really. Like instead of what I'd be good at, which is using my speed or, you know, trying to get just on the outside of people and using, I didn't have a sidestep. I had more of a weave, I'd weave in. Um, and when I used that, it, it worked well. So now you're working with junior players, mm. athletes, especially, you know, rugby development coach being your, your brand, but you know, you work, you work with a lot of different people over, oh, yeah, over I, the years. Yeah. Like if, if there's guys tuning in who are, who are playing, you know, guys with ambitions to, to get to that next level, what would your advice be to them or that to yourself at that, you know, 18, 19, 20, before you went into that phase? Like what, what do they need to do? What's, what's a few things that they're probably not doing that will make a big difference? Um, so big question because there's so many bases you, you could ask and it all depends on the person themselves and their, their upbringing. Um, first, firstly, build a big, big foundation. I'm big on, building a, a strength foundation whether it be in the gym or just with your own body weight it doesn't matter if if you get strong then everything else becomes easier so your fitness becomes easier just because you know it, it takes less energy for you to take down someone so get strong um that's a big that's a big statement in itself and a big thing I know a lot of strength and conditioning coaches, especially if they've got like more of an AFL kind of inclination, it's about running, like running for fitness. And, and you know, we've had that kind of some poliquin influenced education mm. where running is almost uh, seen as, you know, um, stupidity or, you know, it's definitely not a running, running centric approach. Why would, why would strength help people's endurance? Like, can you unpack that a bit more? Yes. If, if, if when, well, when you get stronger and the muscles got more ability to, to hold lactic acid, you know, you, you're going to be able to go further. Um, I've always, I've always found myself just when I'm stronger, I'm also, it, it's, it's very easy for me to get fit. Yeah. It's always it's easy for me to build that aerobic base. I've, I've usually got the aerobic base. It just needs a bit of a tweak. Yeah. And I think that tweak should come from doing your skills. Yeah. So it, it should come when you're at training and you're doing your ball skills or you're running through your plays. That's, that's where you're going to get a lot of your running fitness. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're combining your thinking. Um, so where you're passing, so you're combining your brain with, with the skill as well. So rather than just running around and being a rag doll, yeah. which I have done many, many sessions like that where we have run 1.2s, we've run, 200s and i get to the first game you know and i'm just i'm just i'm, stu I'm stuffed anyway i'm like i'm like i, I don't feel fit <laughs> yeah. yeah how much better can your rugby fitness get running 
multiple 1.2s. Like it's it's an old school thing. And I think, you know, some of those teams, like it's kind of been in rugby league, it's been the Wayne Bennett, potentially Craig Bellamy. Like I don't know exactly what they're all doing now, but I know that that's been kind of their foundation is like mm. do that long running uh, in the preseason where, you know, teams that I've worked with have, have done basically, you know, next to none of that or, yeah. or, or none of that. And, you know, we, we had some, some good results as well. Like without sort of talking too much at, you know, the current regime, I'm not there all the time. I don't know everything that's going on there, but you know, we, we definitely, I would, I would suspect that we're the team that did the least long running. And then, you know, when it comes to game time, like I just don't, don't think there's room for it. Like if you've, you've only got so much training capacity, that's right. If you can be doing more work on the stuff that really matters, which is executing your plays, contact, you know, agility, like That's doing it. doing your skill work. The like, skills, the skill of a tackle is so big, but people don't realize because if you're very efficient at taking someone down, just imagine how less tired you'll be because that actually takes a lot of your energy to actually just putting someone on the ground yeah. consistently. So if you're really efficient at that, yeah. then you're not going to use anywhere near as much petrol. Yeah. And you're going to have... Like you get better at the skill of it, but you also build endurance to it by yeah, doing exactly. a bunch of it. Like the, it's very much fatigue is very much like I really buy into the Noakes kind of central governor concept of like it's about your brain being okay with the task. And yeah. if you, if your brain starts saying like no, this is too hard, and it's it's gonna say that earlier with things that it's not familiar with. If it's if it's familiar with it and you've done it over and over again, then the brain's like you're sweet. Like let's keep going. We know this. We're in familiar territory here. Where if your preseason's running and then you go wrestle and like you do the game and it's completely mm. different to what you've just been doing, well, the central governor's like, this stuff's freaking us out. Like, well, then just and, you, and then you're adding a ball in, for, in uh, as well. So yeah. you got you, your brain's working. Your brain takes up so uh, so much of your energy. Um, I think it's like twenty five percent of your energy. And then you got to think. All right, this guy's got the ball. He's going to pass it. You know, where am I going? So you're actually doing more than you think than just running. Yeah, you want you know? to practice. You're, you're all processing that. exactly. So you yeah. want to be able to practice, obviously, your defensive shapes, um, and just getting comfortable with the person next to you. Because, or you're not always next to the same person, but a lot of the time, yeah, you'll you'll all find yourself. Combinations and stuff. Massive. Yeah, you you want to build that. Um, that that's where I I would go with with my conditioning with my players. What's what's strong to you if you're working with with a young guy? Like, give us some give us some, an example of you know what's this guy's good in the gym. Like, he's got a good foundation in the gym to to be you know be an athlete. Uh, front squat's a big one for me, so I always look at the front squat. And if they can't front squat, I get them to be out of front squat. Wow. Um, uh, because it just takes up most of your muscles, really. Obviously, take out a lot of upper body, but your lats, your core. Um, all your legs, you know, it's it's by far one of the hardest exercises and grueling exercises you'll do. We did them this morning. <laughs> it was good fun. Yeah. Um, after not doing them for a while, it was good fun. You did well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that front squat, you feel like that that that's a good someone, measure for me. If someone's nailing those front squats and they're holding like one's load and two's quality, right? Like, yeah. They've got to go together. It's got to be a quality. It's got to be a quality front squat. Yeah. Um, if I see they're they're dipping down too much to the chest, I'm I'm no repping them. If they're dropping the weight, or I'm calling calling it like done. So Drop, dropping as in like not controlling the lowering phase, the eccentric, or dropping just dropping to the chest, dropping forward, yeah. dropping through the chest. Gotcha. So depend depending on what 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 we're after. Um, 
I you often use those pauses. We did pauses this morning. I love, yeah. I So the start of my programs will be a longer pause. Um, and then as you go through um, the weeks, I actually take out the pauses. Um, but yeah, definitely for rugby players, creating that inertia and creating that, that ability to create force from, from a stop start is, I think, is really, really crucial. Uh, I don't know, I'd like to see more people do it, and especially in the bench press, if they're going to do any push, uh, pushing, pulling, um, they should start having a bit more pause and then, then explode. Yeah, so you really like that thing of being able to overcome yeah, you know, overcome. Well, that that that, that to me is rugby. That 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 to me is is a big part of rugby is being able to overcome someone else's body weight, whether it be you're running the ball, you're getting hit, you've got to overcome them, or you're tackling, you're overcoming their weight and then putting them down. So everyone, everyone that's listening in, the young dudes, they're thinking front squats. What's what's a nice weight? What's a what do you want to see on the bar? Depends on their body weight. Um, Two yes. times their body weight, it'll be awesome. <laughs> it's not easy to get to. Yeah. Um, but any, anything in that uh, one and a half times body weight is is getting getting pretty yeah. good there. Yeah, I think there's there's things right with numbers, hey? Like, because we're gym guys, you think, yeah, gym, you know, big numbers, good. But if the guys are good athlete and a good, you know, then if you can get them to that one and a half, but they're mm. already, you know, they're already pretty well put together, they've got skills, etc. then that one and a half is like, yeah, they're like, this guy's ready to go like this is a, mm. this is a solid athlete right like that's yeah. kind of a nice number to to see people out. and obviously the bigger they are the harder that one and a half times body weight is yeah that's right yeah if they're 100 kilos and they're, they're gonna be <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a big front squat <laughs> it's different yeah than being the 80 kilo guy he's yeah. 120 like so what uh with that you know like have you seen many guys get to that double body weight or is that like a Bit of a pipe dream target for guys to shoot for. It's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a pipe dream for me, for and everyone. But it's not, it's something that they can work towards for sure, yeah. especially over your career. Yeah, you know. And if you get to it, then if you can maintain it, great. And that means that maintenance might be like you know once every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest I've seen is like one point eight. Yeah. Couple couple guys around that one point eight, but that's yeah. Those guys are, are freak athletes. Like they're they're really good on the field and they really hold themselves together. But I don't think you see that kind of correlation to, say, a box squat or something like that. You know, guys squatting to a bench to a you know like a half squat type thing doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a beast if they if they can handle even like two and a half triple the body weight. You know, you can see on on a kind of high box squat. In my experience, it's not not as much of a guarantee that they're going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, and I also don't think it's going to like. I, there's a time and place for everything, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and it, it can be used. I, I I like to put that in my program right before the season for my guys that I program for in the gym. Yeah. Um, and they might have one or two weeks of it. Yeah. And that's it. But for majority of the time, I like to use a full range of motion. I and I like, I like their brains to be able to to use all their muscles. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that a front squat, a good front squat, a quality front squat is going to dominate a, a box squat most majority of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree that there's, there's just so much more skill and so much more, you know, holding the body together, holding positions, creating tension in the body, and that's going to carry over to being an athlete. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the joint itself has to work work harder and you yeah. want to build them up as well, you know. Yeah. Um, there's way too many, you know, there's way too many knee injuries, ankle injuries. And if you can push push the body into those ranges of motion, then, you know, you're going to give yourself a better chance. And when you get a contact and you're under load, then you can push you can push those things to to greater positions. Um, talk to us talk to us about GrowFit. GrowFit. So my brother made GrowFit ten years ago. Um, it's a preschool business where we go to preschools. Obviously, um, we teach about health and fitness, and it's really about. Whoa, I've gone through the what are you? <laughs> <laughs> Of, uh, yeah, it's like word. a boss ball training type thing. Yeah. It's, it's a new technology we're bringing out. It's just, uh, holes in the deck. Um, yeah, it's it's all about teaching the next generation and giving them a, a role model, giving them uh, how can I put it? You know, it's 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 a bit of our own. Um, like you're the role model, and the trainers. Yeah, the trainers, the trainers, the trainers, the role model. Um, we want to give them the tools to live a healthy life. Um, you know, our motto is being fit is fun because, you know, when you're fit, you can go rock climbing, you can go out for a surf, you can do whatever you want, you know. Um, fitness doesn't mean just being strong in the gym, you know. that that The gym for me is just for athletes. Well, the only people that need the gym for me are athletes um, and bodybuilders. Um, the rest of the rest of society, society, it's a tool. It's a tool they can use. Everyone do they, else can. Do they need the gym or do they, do other people need the gym or they don't need the gym? I don't think, I don't think uh, a general population need the gym. I think it's a great tool that they can use or, or utilize um, to get strong and flexible. But, you know, you can get strong and flexible anyway. Um, you can, right? But in terms of what, what people are actually going to do, what's available to them, like in terms, you know, systems and... I would say for the majority of people, if they don't go to the gym, they're probably not getting a significant strength stimulus. Like, yes, they could be going and doing ballet or they could be going and doing rock climbing and, you know, kite surfing yeah. and, and, and whatever. They could be doing those things. They could be doing those things. They probably they need will. a bunch of weight training of course, to yeah. even get themselves yeah. going enough to do that if they're highly deconditioned. Yeah, that's why, that's why so it's sore. a great, that's why it's a great tool. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a great tool that they can they can utilize if they need that, which you know probably most people do. Mm. It doesn't mean necessarily that kids growing up need that though, and you know they could get strong other ways for whatever their lifestyle might might be. What's is does GrowFit borrow stuff like what style of training is it? Borrow stuff from gymnastics? Are they wrestling each other, or what's what's going on in a GrowFit session? A GrowFit session, hmm. How much should I give away? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of, yeah. Well, you know, we, it depends what's class, you know, we, we've got all different ages. We've got our one to twos. We've got our two to threes. We've got our three to fives. Yep. Let's go our three to fives. That's my favorite class. I, I love my little ones too, but my, my three to fives are great because they are communicating with me. They are super excited for me to get there. Like, you don't understand when I get to my preschool, it's not like training adults who are whinging about their everyday life. These kids are like shaking at the railings being like, Patrick's here. And like, it just makes your day. Like it just instantly, I'm like, yes, 
my day is like that. How how good is that? Are you like a wiggle? Are you just turning up like? It's a show. It's a, oh, I'm not coloured. I've got my GrowFit shirt on. What colour is GrowFit? Um, it's green and blue, but it's then the current shirt is black it's not and like green a and blue. No, it's not like a skivvy. No, I, I, black trousers. It, you know, we we're bringing our GrowFit breathe, which I I am super excited for. So like just. It's a bit more yoga-ish, a bit more relaxing because okay, um, some yin for the kids, some yin for the kids as well. So that's that's another going to be another big part of it. Um, there's also growth fed beats as well, so we're going to be bringing out that. Beats. This is beats like dance, yeah, uh, yeah, like music, music. I, I'm um, not sure how I, that's going to go. Music, music. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be big uh, as well. <laughs> Um, really, I, 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 I won't be you're, you're getting out of there because <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I'm not training because I'm not very have, musical well, you're gonna have I've got my older brother and he's just so musical and he's just so natural to him but me it's like a real effort I've got to think about it and like, well, uh, 20, 20, 20 kids in a room playing drums and blowing recorders <laughs> it, can get, it can get like you know we, you've seen here yeah like yeah we, we've got a we've got a recorder that was pumping on Maya's birthday <laughs> and we've got a little um, djembe drum there and it could get pretty hectic. With two kids, it can get it can get reasonably hectic. So, beats beats could be like yeah, it could go next level for some of those coaches that you're working with. Yeah, it really could. I think it'll be it'll be. What's so yeah, such a good thing. Hey, like, and so what we want for kids is movement, movement capacity, skills, coordination, cooperation, understanding games. Imagination, so a big, a big part of the being it, able to chill the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, and and using the tools, it's really funny. Um, so, at, when I first started GrowFit, um, we had we had no music. Now we have our own, all our own adventure songs and things like that. And getting the kids to use their imagination and then put their body movements to that is just something else. Because what they come up with is totally different to what I like. You know, I just know as being real so like you know say you you're doing a bear movement and you're just thinking you know getting up on all fours and being a big bear going rah but you know kids will just do weird things and you're like where did that come from you know am i just so conditioned to think that's a bear that i can't go outside my scope and think like that yeah so you know it's just like trying to be the best bear wants to be 100 percent lifelike and it's going to do a bear crawl and yeah, yeah exactly and like, no that's wrong you and know the, like and the kid just goes wild just yeah yeah or even like a bird and like the, the way they see things or come up with things is just it's just really cool to go along with and and it sort of opens up myself too to have a look at my own personal conditioning um and and seeing you know what i think of things and yeah, so that, that, that is a very cool part of GrowFit is actually getting the kids to use their imagination and then put that into practice and, and use their body, getting them, getting them moving. That's one of the big things that is probably happening with a lot of kids is they're not moving enough. You know, they've got the iPad as the, uh, as the babysitter. <laughs> That's a fire. Yeah, and it's, it's a challenge we have in our house. Like there's times when my wife is fried and I'm doing other things mm. and it's just, it's such an easy thing to it do. Is, like, yeah. but it's, it's also, it's literally like an off switch on the kid's brain. Like mm. they just, they just it's go into zombie mode and they can't hear anything and That's they, it. and they don't want to turn it off. Once it's on, there's like, it's, it's very, very high level addiction. Like it's like you're taking away the heroin when you, turn, <laughs> when you turn the screen off, it's like <laughs> full junkie mode. Like it's crazy how addicted they, they are instantly. And, 
you know, maybe we get that with Instagram and that sort of stuff, but it just seems like such an intense, intense addiction. I guess where I was going with that is like, if that stuff's good for kids and most people kind of acknowledge like, Oh yeah, kids should do some gymnastics and Mm. kids should learn some music and kids should do some dancing and some creative movement. Like I believe like whatever kids should be doing, adults should probably be doing as well. And old people should probably be doing as well. Does any of this stuff still have a place for athletes? Like if in the ideal world, does an athlete have some of this involved in what they do? Do they have like grow fit stuff? Um, do they have it? Probably not enough. No, nowhere near enough. But in Patrick's world, in, in, you know, in, in my, where, where I want to take my athletes, I want to be able to open them up and, and see, see different ways, um, that might open them up to these things, you know, and use different things. So I'm big on trying to get my clients to meditate, whether that be just doing some breathing exercises, whether it be Wim Hof or just, um, just just doing some nasal breaths and just just working on that diaphragm that's a big one i I get people to start on um do you get much resistance to bringing that in if someone's come to you and saying hey i want to get jacked i want to get shredded or i want to be able to smash blokes on the field at first breathe through your nose yeah breathe through your nose that's one of my big fitness cues too is is i try and get when we when we do conditioning drills i get everyone to shut their mouth and breathe through their nose my clients absolutely hate that but have you done the night mouth taping i don't mouth tape because i haven't found tape that works really well and people seem seem to be able to cheat always (laughs) i use some it definitely sometimes it gets a bit wet or whatever it comes off Mm. but I think it still teaches you to, to get in the game with that. But yeah, okay. So initially you you generally, people are like, Hey man, get me jacked. Like what the, uh, if, if someone comes in and goes, get me jacked, or, then obviously I'm going to go <laughs> through everything. What are they currently doing to where I see that they can go, you know, with it. Um, but that's a big part of it because if you can bring down your cortisol levels faster, then uh, you're going to be more insulin sensitive for one, which means you can pump uh, more glycogen straight into the muscles faster. You're going to be leaner, build more lean muscle tissue. Um, your sleep's going to improve. And Isn't it all just about macros, putting on what muscle weight? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, just macros. Let's just up the carbs and have an even amount of 200 grams of protein and yeah, you'll be good. Um, a lot yeah, of people look like that's the dominant message at the moment. I'm sure, from, yeah, I know. I've seen in, it. Instagram influencers. I've seen that in my a own million gym. followers. You know, it it'll work for a period. It'll work for a period. It it it's a weird, weird, um it's it's what happens after then. You it know? depends on the underlying environment, right? Like, yeah, two people do the same program. They follow the same macros. One guy takes a gram of testosterone. The other guy doesn't what's going to happen? What's the adaptation to the program going to be like mm. gram a week? What's going to happen? And, and then anyone would go, well, obviously the guy on the gram, gram, gram a test is going to put on more muscle. Yeah, mass. But you don't know how much free testosterone you had in the first place. Well, all things <laughs> being equal, like that's, that's a shitload of anabolic stimulants. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you know, the macros are going to, you know, the macros are going to have less impact on that. If of you course. take, if you take a, a man and a woman, they're both 20 years old and you give them the same program and the same relative macros. Are you going to expect the same result? No, yeah. like it's, it's, it's kind chance. of a level of stupidity that's going around at the moment. And like it, it, it negates the whole intelligence of the, like if you want to look after this plant and you want it to flower really well and it wanted, you want it to have great fruit or whatever, 
then you're going to look at the soil quality. You're going to look at how much light it's getting. You're going to look at the quality of the water that it's, that it's receiving and the amount mm. of rainfall and how much wind, how much movement stimulus there yeah. is. And yet we want to take a human and go, oh, no, it's only about noise too. calories. You know, it's only about, yeah, it's only about the calories that it's, that the, you know, that no, the, no, the no, organism no. is exposed to. Like, you wouldn't be so stupid to think that for a plant, a human's like... It's, yeah, it's very one line of thinking. It's a very straightforward thinking. This is the only way. If everything's right, if everything's in balance, then it, then it can work. Like, for that fitness model supplementing hormones or not supplementing hormones, but pretty healthy, pretty lean, been going at it for a long time. That's their story. But is that the average citizen right now? Like no, no, where's the average citizen right now? They're not a hundred kilo. Like they're not muscle number a hundred and, and 5% and, body and fat. Or to me, to me, fat. it's uh, how long does that actually last for? You know, you don't know what that person's going through mentally all the time. So like, they might be sticking to those macros, but in their head, it might be like, oh my God, I want to kill myself, which is like sad to hear, but that's the reality. Like I've seen so many girls do it at, at our gym and then just totally destroy their hormones and then struggle, struggle to come back from it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it'll work for a short period for most people. Yeah. Well, that's if you're talking about crash dieting, like it really depends a lot. It can be fine if it's, you know, it depends on what those macros are and yeah, what of course. making it up with. But yeah, like it's, uh, I know that you're a guy who's, who's looking at the, the bigger picture. And I, th- I think that if you, you know, if you train in a racehorse, you're not just going to go macros. Like, no, no, you're, you're going gonna, gonna to give it the best damn nutrients it can get. <laughs> you're going to want it to be in a nice environment that it can sleep in. Mm. You know, you, you're going to generally stress. they inject it with vitamins and all that stuff. Maybe they, you know, <laughs> you're going to want to manipulate the environment as much as you can to help that horse win. And then you get an athlete and you're just like, Oh, as long as you hit your macros, it's all good. <laughs> it's like, Come on, man. Like, yeah, the vet understands this to a deeper level than of the, course, the, performance, of course. the performance expert. Uh, that's why it's, you know, it's cool that you, you young guy and you, you know, you've got that monitor on your finger that sort of tells you, well, how, how's your body reacting to this? Have you noticed anything? I know you did carnival diet. Have you noticed anything with food and uh, aura? Uh, yeah. So when I started my carnivore diet, my resting heart rate, sleeping heart rate went skyrocketing up. So I usually sit around 55. It went about 65, which 10 beats is a lot. Do you think that's a good or a bad thing? I think it was an adjustment period, which I don't think is a bad thing. So you feel like it was your body stressed? Uh, it, well, it's obviously under stress. It's working harder. So whenever that happens, it means it's working harder. But it's, that's just because it's coming out of what it's used to. And so did that mean that your readiness with score was dropping because of that? Uh, yeah, ready, readiness score dropped. So that was for the first week. And then after that, it just dropped right back down. And I actually got lower than what I normally would be. So I dropped down to around 52. I had a lot of ex- other stresses. When I was yeah. doing Carnival, I, I had... Me thinking about, okay, how am I going to get this car? Um, I, was, I was leaving the gym that I'd been at for nine years. So I had all these other things going on. And whenever I'm thinking, whenever I'm looking at my, my stats for my aura, I'm also thinking, okay, what other things are going on externally in my life that yeah. could be linking to these? And, you know, usually I'm fairly, have, have good intuition where I just sit down and be like, It'll just come to me. I was like, bang, okay, that's probably that's probably it. Um, 
which which I sort of rely on a bit too. So your intuition was that the life stress and that sort of stuff. All like, what was your intuition at the time? Intuition was that my body had a, had an adaptation phase to yeah. just eating meat because before that, I don't I I wasn't keto. I wasn't I would never call myself like a keto or paleo or anything like that. I just ate healthy foods, you know. Well, deemed healthy. I was just eating. Lots of butter and, and <laughs> lots of vegetables and lots of meat as well. Um, and then I just cut back straight to meat. So it's a lot more protein for my body to digest for one. Um, and so like that, after, but after that, that sort of phase, that week, I came back and I felt really good. Yeah. Um, I definitely leaned out. I think I dropped maybe two kilos. Yeah. Um, just eating less star. Well, I was, I usually eat some sweet potato or something for dinner to help me sleep. Yeah. Help out deep sleep. Um, but after that, that week period, it really did normalize and probably got a bit better. Yeah. And then for me, I always find if I, I, if I tweak things every, every month or so, I, I, I get a better result. And then if I, I can go back to something, yep. um, I've always found that for me. Um, that rather than just staying one thing for a whole period, do something and then change it, come and then come back to it. And I feel like that's what we would have been like, you know, we wouldn't have never had one food source. Um, There would have been times where we probably just would have eaten meat. There would have been times where we had vegetables for a short amount of time. So I try and replicate that if I can. Yep. I think the experimentation is a key thing as well. Like you, you now have something to base and to have an opinion around, you know, different ways of, of doing things. You're in a big experimentation phase being on the road right now and mm. putting everything, you know, everything you own into the back of a truck. Like what, what do you, what do you hope to get out of this next year on the road? Who are you going to be? That's the exciting thing. Who knows? <laughs> For me, the unknown, like how scary is the unknown? <laughs> I, I, it makes me sort of like jitter just thinking about it. Like, have you been have you been really like nervous about who what it's going to be like? Nervous and excited. Yeah. Like for me, my one of my philosophies is always self growth, and I always keep pushing myself to grow more as a person. Um, and this is probably a big step: is going out and being on my own for a little bit. Um, I think more males should do that. <laughs> um, is to be, whether to have your own journey where you go off by yourself for a bit. Yeah. Um, that I think it will lead into where I probably want to go and how I want to help people, um, as well as rugby development coach. I think that's that's where it'll lead me to. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it will, but I think it's where where it will. What What do you, if you had to sort of talk about your purpose and the biggest impact that you would like to have or can have during this, this lifetime? Like, what do you, what do you feel like it, it might be? It's a hard question because it's always going to change. I'm always going to be adapting, you know, who knows how long I'll live. I could live 70 years, 60 years, 50 years, 27 years. <laughs> uh, I could live 150 years with the way technology is going or 200 years. Um, so I, I think it'll keep on adapting. I think right now um, I have a bit of purpose around, you know, 
helping out a lot of rugby players and I, and I really want to help out a lot of rugby players who are young like me and really wanted to push themselves, make it to the next level. And I want to give them the best tools to be able to do that. So training programs, uh, life experiences, um, whatever tools I can, I can give to them. Right. Um, but I think it'll go to a bigger picture where I buy a property, a big property and, and give people an experience of getting back to nature and actually just being happy with what they've got in their life. Uh, I think that that will come along and give people the experience, a different experience to what they've been so used to. Yeah, I love it. I think that's where it's going. It'll be interesting to see how this, uh, how this trip impacts that, that yeah. dream and your vision and, and, and your confidence to do that. And yeah, big, big journey ahead. It's, it's pretty cool. And I, I really look forward to, to hearing about it along the way. And, and I hope that there's a bunch of other real movement gyms and, and crew that, uh, that catch up with you and, and, yeah, and sure. link up along the, every city along the journey. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a few guys around for sure. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see that because I think, so many people now do want to be able to just jump out of the rat race for a while and just see what that feels like. And mm. I know that was a huge thing for me. You know, I mm. did it, I did it when I was sort of 22 and I you sort of in and out of different things sort of all through my, my twenties. And I don't think with, without that experience, I probably wouldn't have not like even considered leaving the NRL, you know, mm. like I, I left the NRL to leap into the, the unknown of whether I could run my own business and live in the country and not have to go, you know, not have to go to work every day kind of thing. Like there's a whole new world of possibility that opens up. And I think backpacking or, you know, doing this thing is kind of on the road adventure. Just you have a whole different thing that, that, that life can be mm. from that point on. And uh, Mitch Pike's on the same, same journey at the moment. Maybe I'm going to catch up with him today. Actually he messaged me wants to catch up, but he's in Africa at the moment and he's, you know, he's doing his kind of rite of passage, yeah, it's awesome. you know, explore the world and, and figure out who, you, who he is. And he's, you know, He's actually telling me, you know, he's got some great new ideas and he's got some things that he's excited about. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a special time, man. And I think it's a very courageous thing to do. I think it's a, it's a noble and it's a worthwhile thing to do. Um, it's yeah, so easy just to follow on from one page to the next and just, just keep, keep tying the party line kind of thing. But once you look around a little bit, then there's a, there's a whole other world of possibilities. So you know, well done on, uh, on making that call and, and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be great to see. Hopefully you'll, you'll, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to have great times experiencing strength and, and, and nutrition on the road and, and meeting a lot of new people and yeah, it's uh, powerful times ahead. So thanks for jumping on and look forward to doing this again in the future with Thank a bit you. more, uh, bit more journey under the belt. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Eh? First, first <laughs> podcast in the bag. Yeah. Done. Wasn't too bad. That was all right. Good man.